Hey, 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 what's the tea? Hey, everyone. Um, I'm back. For, 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 well, first of all, it's like I never left, so that's first of all. But today's episode, <clears throat> it's gonna it's gonna be a minute, and I just realized that I didn't I do not have a beverage with me, so that may or may not be a problem. We'll figure it out, but it's gonna be at least a forty five minute long episode, and the last uh, mini podcast that I released, I think it was only like ten minutes long, was back in April. Bitch, we're in September. (laughs) Don't ask me where I've been. Just know that I've been getting paid per usual. And I've been enjoying life a little bit more. I've been on excursions with uh, some new people that I've been getting closer with. Uh, So that's been fun. I've been learning about beekeeping because that is one of my new... Uh, hobbies, I guess you could say that. And although I'm working hard towards making it more of a lifestyle, um, but more on that another time, another day, in another episode. Because today's episode, it's going to be basically about my upbringing, my childhood, my coming of age there's going to be a lot of twists and turns it's going to be a roller coaster of emotions i'm going to be describing family members although for legal reasons i won't disclose their names um because most of them now don't talk to me they've ostracized me which i understand it's because now i have money and i'm successful and that tends to happen and if you think that that wouldn't happen to you no matter how close-knit you are with your current family and friends you're naive and stupid and you're extremely gullible because i once believed that myself excuse me i mm, you know what you guys i need to go get a beverage really quick So I'm going to be gone for about a minute because I'm recording this episode alone. I don't have anyone with me or in my apartment right now. They can go and fetch me a beverage. So I'm going to walk the 15 seconds it takes to get from my room to the kitchen to grab my coffee. And I'll be right back. And yeah, I'm drinking coffee and it's 11.33 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I don't care. Today's date is, what is today's date? I think we're September, let me check my watch, what the freak? Oh, okay, we're September 27th, 2022, and it is Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning. Okay, give me a minute, a literal minute. Be right back.
Okay, thanks for your patience. Um, I'm actually proud of myself because that wasn't even a minute. That was more like 35, 40 seconds at most. Anyways. So to kind of... Okay, so a little a little um, synopsis. Uh, well, it's not really a synopsis. It's a little intro as to this episode, why I wanted to do this. I've been wanting to do this episode for the longest time and... Mostly because one of my many projects that I'm working on right now is a book. And I don't give a fuck what you little, uh, you, you know, you pretentious motherfuckers have to say in the background talking about, oh, writing another biography. Like, what have you done then that you feel like you need to write your life story? Like, who's going to, I don't give a fuck about you, first of all, or your opinion. And I don't care if. I'm the only one that buys my book. For me, it's a project. It's going to be a beautiful book. It's going to be hardcover. It's going to be... It's just going to be a, a book full of beauty. Because that's what I want it to be. And yes, there's going to be, you know, some deep, dark valleys that I'm going to get into. Um, but I'm choosing... I've always been an optimist. So I choose to look at the beauty of things i choose to see the good and in every situation even when it feels like there's no good um so that's primarily what my book's going to be it's going to be just a very beautiful book um i won't go into the details of it because i know there's lots of people that love to steal my intellectual property and my ideas and a lot of them are very well-known people. So fuck each and every one of you and your teams of minions that you pay for them to go scour the internet and, you know, steal ideas from actual thoughtful individuals. And then you make, you know, money and profit off of it, of course. Um, so, yeah. Let's just get right into it because I don't have a script in front of me. Sometimes I do these episodes with a script in front of me, um, basically just outlining the topics um, and sometimes even like the bracket of times I should spend on each topic. And this is completely, there's no script in front of me. I just have a MacBook in front of me. I'm sitting at my desk. I lit up some candles. I'll tell you the candles I lit up. <laughs> I have vetiver and vetiv excuse me. I have vetiver and balsam, which is my favorite. Uh, tobacco and vanilla bean, another favorite of mine. And then I have palo santo and rosewood. So I have three of my favorite scents um, and three different candles that are lit up right now to kind of help give me some aromatherapy as I talk through this. And since we're basically going up to eight minutes, this is an unusually long intro so let's just get right down to it um so my name is ryan ross curiel that is my full name that is my birth given name that is the name that is on my official birth certificate i've never changed my name i've never changed any names within my name um i have no surnames i have no uh in no other roman numerals after my name it is just ryan r-y-a-n ross my middle name r-o-s-s and curiel my last name c-u-r-i-e-l ryan ross curiel i was born june 3rd 1989 on a saturday 
Um, Saturdays have always been basically my favorite day of the week, so that makes sense. However, given the fact that I was born basically like dead center of, you know, of summer, it's very strange because I despise summer and spring. My seasons of choice are uh, fall and winter, always have been. I prefer the cold. I hate the heat. I hate the sun. It's so bright. It hurts my eyes. And I, and I often find that I don't mesh well with people who have very perky spring, summer um, personalities. I, I, I don't gravitate to them. I don't find them appealing. I don't like them looking my way i just really don't go for that type of person um so yeah there you have it you basically have my name you have my date of birth um next is my social just kidding i'm not stupid um but you have that i was born in corpus christi texas i it was in the afternoon I was going to get my birth, my official birth certificate to see the time. If I remember correctly, it was around like 2.32 or it was in the afternoon, like early afternoon. Again, on a Saturday under a new moon at that, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and I forget the name of the hospital. Methodist comes to mind for some reason in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um... I forgot my weight too. Apparently, I was long and skinny, which kind of makes sense because I'm still the same way. And um, I want to say I was like eight or nine pounds, something like that. And I was born to a very young mom. I believe she was 18. She was 18 or 19 when I was conceived. By the time I was born, she was 19 or 20, depending on, you know, if she was 18 or 19 when I was conceived. It's basically a teen. I was born to like a teenage mom. And I remember some of the earliest memories I have as a kid. And a lot of people don't believe me, but I have some very early memories. Like, I remember being, I can't say a newborn, but I was an extreme. I was basically maybe a couple of weeks old at at this is one of the earliest memories that I have. And a lot of people say, "Oh, but that's impossible. You can't possibly remember that, you know, that far back." And I'm like, "Well, first of all, fuck you. And second of all, this memory has been with me basically my entire life. And that is me getting vac- vaccinated. I remember I was on my back so i was laying down on my back i remember that much i remember someone wearing someone white like not white caucasian white in the sense that they were wearing like white attire and i remember getting vaccinated for some reason i i remember it was like on my fingers like on the inside of my fingers like 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 where you have your fingerprints taken so I remember getting like poked, like maybe it wasn't vaccines. Maybe it was like, I don't know, like blood samples or something, or maybe it was vaccines. But I remember getting poked on my fingers and on my toes. I remember that much. And I remember the pain and I remember crying. That's one of my earliest memories ever. Um, 
so yeah i don't know take take what you will with that but basically what i didn't know and i wouldn't have and i wouldn't know until many years later when i was you know a little older is the dysfunctionality of the family of the broken family that i had been born into you know when you're a kid you you tend to i don't know it's strange with me I, I i learned very early on without anyone having to tell me i learned solely through observation and critical thinking i knew that my family was not like other families and moreover i knew that it wasn't a good difference you know some differences are good mine wasn't i knew that i was born into a poor family early on i knew what poor meant very early i knew that it meant that things were going to be harder for me um i knew that i was going to be treated differently and sure enough all these things came to fruition later in in life when i started going to school and you know because i was treated differently and i and like i already knew that that was going to happen to me even before i experienced it and i knew that's just just on I was making sense of my surroundings. I was making sense of the people in my surrounding. I was making sense of my circumstances and how people interacted with me. And I would see that people didn't respect my siblings or me. Like when like when we would go over to neighbors' houses to play with the kids there, it seemed like no one really it seemed like they would talk down like my, on like my brothers and I. So I, so I knew early on that we weren't respected. And so I began to associate, you know, lack of respect with basically just being um, you know, like the quote-unquote poor kid born into the poor family type of situation. I knew that early on, very early on. And with um maybe I should have done an outline cuz it's this is going to be a very scattered um all over the place type of podcast so just bear with me but i think you guys if you're listening and, and paying attention you'll understand um where you know like where i'm heading and and it, you know as as i'm explaining the situation that i was born into in my life and blah 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 x y and z so you pretty much have a a feeling that you know i was born poor i was born into a very dysfunctional family and when i mean dysfunctional i mean it in the sense that you had individuals playing roles they shouldn't have been playing for example you there was no dominant patriarch in the house um my dad wasn't the head, the head of household he was out i don't know what he, he was out of the picture i remember the first time i visited my dad I was I want to say 3 3 or 4 but I'm I'm leaning more towards 3. I think I was 3, my older brother was 4. And I remember he him picking us up at the apartment my grandma lived in then uh and he had a Mustang. I remember it was like an old school Mustang. I think it was like a grayish um I don't think it was black. It could have been black, but I remember it being like a almost like a dark gray silver possibly possibly black um and it was two doors it was one of those mustangs so i my earliest memory of seeing my dad was i remember 
I was scared of him because I didn't know who he was. And I felt, I thought I was being kidnapped. It was the strangest thing. The only thing that, that, that made me feel any sense of relief, because I remember I cried. I didn't want to go with him. But I think the only thing that made me feel good was seeing that my older brother was also coming with me. So that gave me like a sense of, um, I don't know, like it made me feel a little safe. But still, I remember being afraid of my dad. I didn't know who he was. It tripped me out. I was, it felt like I was being introduced to a stranger for the first time in my life. Um, I'm sure he saw me beforehand, but that's the earliest time that I remember going with him and visiting his you know, his girlfriend and her son um, at the time, you know, his girlfriend then would later become his wife, my stepmom, and then they would have one son together. Um, but yeah, it, that, that was really weird to me. And um, I never, I remember being extremely shy too as a child. Um, and I think it, a, a lot of it stemmed from I don't know, it, it was a very turbulent household. And kind of going back to what I was saying previous, with people playing roles that they sh shouldn't have been, been playing, you know, um, you having children having to take on, or basically teenagers, like my aunts and uncles having to take on the, the role of trying to be like the matriarch and the patriarch. Because I'll tell you right now, my grandma should have been the matriarch. And for that matter, fuck it, the patriarch too. But she was neither of those things because she was always like her anxiety. And, and I think she had a really low self-esteem. I think, I don't think she had any self-confidence. Um, I think the world scared her. I think her only speaking Spanish, not knowing how to read or write in Spanish or, or any other language for that matter, um, or not being able to communicate in English, I think it really made her world very small, but at the same time, she had under, an understanding of how big the world was. So I think she took whatever she could get and that whatever cards life gave her, you know, she, she just worked within them. She didn't try to deal cards with anyone to try and gain new experience or to try and, you know, improve her deck of cards. No, she just solely played the cards she was given you know for all her life practically so i think a lot of her anxieties she passed on to her kids without even realizing it um you know i have uh i had two uncles uh and this is just solely on the matriarch side of my family and then i had one aunt and then my mom uh, by the time I was born, or shortly after I was born, my grandma's first son was murdered. Um, so I don't really have any memories of him. I know that he liked me um, from from what I was told by uh, my aunts and my mom and my grandma. Um, but again, I don't have any memory of him, really. I was just too... I was like an infant, probably just barely one um, when he was murdered. And so, and my second uncle and I were only seven years apart. So in a way, 
when we grew up i always thought of him as like my older brother because we used to play super nintendo together uh we used to play like hide and go seek and just you know like games that brothers play um we used to do that and of course i played with my older brother too because we were only like a year and some months apart and then randomly i remember like one day just like there being like another baby like i don't even remember my mom being pregnant with my younger brother i just remember one day there was just a baby and i was like oh okay and my mom was like he's your brother and i was like but i already have one and she's like yes but now you have two and he just never left the house so i was like oh okay i guess he's just staying with us forever now here's the thing that i wouldn't learn until later in life is that i had a sister too and my sister and i didn't connect until 20 until the i think it was december 2018 that was the first time we ever had a conversation the first time we ever text um so we didn't come in contact until i was 29 she being 28 at the time and we spoke i think only once or twice as kids over the phone we never met there were never any basically any forms of communication up until then um so i kind of like i remember during college i was trying to trying to find her like on facebook but my mom was like she got the name right which i'm not going to say but she had the spelling wrong so every time i would try and look up the name of course no information was coming up because i was spelling the name wrong um there are many different ways to spell both the first and the middle name um so basically all my research during college just was you know kind of in vain because nothing really came out of it it wouldn't be until about 10 years later um and that's a whole other story for like another time but the reason why i'm talking about it now is because yes after i was born like within you know not even within basically within the same year i was born my mom had a second child which which was my sister but gave her up for adoption so we never met her i never grew up with her i never had any childhood memories of my sister um and it's strange because between the months of late april and early june my sister and i are exactly the same age so that's how close we were um that's how you know and in, in, in terms of my mom having us we're kind of like excuse me we're kind of like twins in a way um which is kind of cool you know because i don't share that with any other siblings and it's quite rare too it's not a very common thing for siblings to be born um to not be twins yet be the same age for uh, a period of time and so i think that's pretty cool um so yeah i've so far i've gone over my mom basically my grandma my aunt i would say she took on more of like the power figure role of the house but she took it on in a very dysfunctional manner she took it on from fear you know prior to us being born and this is all my siblings and myself when it was just my mom and like her siblings and my grandma 
The stories that they told me were it was also a very turbulent, abusive uh, household. And that was because of my oldest uncle who was murdered. He was very abusive towards them. That's what they've all, all of them have always said that. So I don't, you know, I've never, you know, like not to believe them because it seems to be that it's, um, that that was just what happened. You know, they were all afraid. I remember my grandma used to tell me that she would tell like my mom and my aunt and my brother like, hey, you know, sleep with your shoes on because if, you know, he, he being her oldest son and their brothers, like if he comes home drunk and starts fighting, like we're just going to leave. And they would do that. And there were times that they would have to leave and they wouldn't come back until hours later. And they would just be walking around like, you know, all throughout the night, just walking around the neighborhood just because they didn't want to deal with him. And then they would come back when he was already asleep. So that was like, I can't even imagine that. And of course, there was violence. There was physical violence. There was um, children onto the mother type of violence, children onto or sibling onto the other sibling type of violence. Like it was bad from what they told me. Um, like I know one time he, I think he broke my aunt's collarbone. He uh, picked up my uncle by like his left ear one time. And like he like broke a brush, a plastic giraffe looking brush on my mom's head. Like these were things, like they were dealing with someone that had severe anger management problems you know and and this is why this this will be for another episode another day but this is why i'm very adamant in a household needs a good strong masculine presence to set the standard and to set the example and a household needs a good strong feminine presence to also encourage the standard support the standard and get, and provide nurturing and and love um to all members of the household and the masculine to to provide and to protect and to again set the example of showing the children either what to be when they grow up, grow up if 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 the children are boys or what to look for in a man when they grow up, grow up if the children are girls um, same thing with the mothers they should set the example for the boys what to look for in a woman when they grow up and they should set the example for the girls on what to be when they grow up and I'm not here to fight anyone that's my opinion I'm sticking to it I don't give a fuck what you have to say I don't care if you don't like it that's where I stand on that. And I'm sure we'll talk about that some, some more and another time. But again, they grew up in a very violent, dysfunctional, um, very abusive household. And from what they told me, and I do kind of believe it, is that even though my brothers and I grew up, you know, being, having the shit beat out of us by our mother, um, because it, it never came from my aunt and it never came from my uncle. But when my mom moved out to her apartment, I was in the second grade, excuse me, I was about to start the second grade. So I'm thinking I was probably, I don't know, like six or seven, I'm thinking, or five or six, something like that. I can't really remember the exact year because 
a lot of like a lot of the years for me they i don't it's hard for me to recall dates um i have a very good memory but it, it early in the child like i don't know like if someone said okay the year 96 95 what grade were you in i don't know i can't really remember i want to say i was in the second or third grade um but i'm not sure i'm not very good with and i think it's because i blocked out a, a lot of um memories like i'm sure i have tons of you know suppressed memories um some of which i hope i never have to bring up or um you know find out because they're probably blocked for a reason and it's probably a good reason um but as i was saying when my mom moved out of my grandma's apartment and into her own apartment that's when this bitch went fucking psycho like this bitch was like we had had family fights like that would sometimes get a little physical like in the sense of like slapping something like a sibling slapping one another or like uh, you know like one sibling pulling another sibling's hair like that type of thing so but when 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 my mom moved out you know she was on her own for like the first time with her own like little apartment and like her kids and I saw a side of this bitch that I had never saw before. Like, she would fucking beat the shit out of my brothers and I. Like, she was fucking sick. This woman was either possessed by a demon, and I'm not laughing, I'm being dead ass. Um, and coincidentally, that apartment would end up being haunted, and I'm being dead ass with that too. But again, that's for like another story, another time, another podcast. But, you know, a little bit into the haunting, like furniture would move around in my room, furniture would move around in the dining room. Um, sometimes the lights would like, if you would turn it on, it would turn off like, like instantly. Like I, it was like, I remember one time that happened to me. And so I thought that the light fuse had blew out. But no, because um, later on, I tried it again and the light turned on. So that was very weird. Um, I remember there would be times that I would hear like the shower running and I would be like, who's taking a shower? That's weird. Uh, and I would go and check um, and there would be nothing. There would be no water running. Um, there would be no one in the bathroom, but I know that I could hear the shower running. Um, there were times that I would hear uh, pots and pans being like slammed, like slamming on the stove. And it was weird because it was like I... I could only hear it like no one else could hear it everyone else would be asleep and I'm like how the fuck do these morons not hear the fucking like parade that's going on you know in the kitchen um and we had like a priest come and like have to bless the house and like doors are slamming when he came like it could have been changes in air pressure because when he did come we we opened up all the windows and he was like blessing, he was saying prayers, he was sprinkling holy water. So again, it could have been changes in the air pressure that were was slamming the doors, but that did happen. The doors were slamming and particularly in my room, which I didn't sleep in very often. I think the 
couple of years that my mom lived in this apartment, um, I only slept in the room just maybe a few times. Because uh, I, I usually slept with uh, in my mom's room. Um, so yeah, but back to the psycho that was my mom. She would be the shit out of my brothers and I. Like, I remember there was this one time. Um, and my brothers can attest to this too. Where we were all taking it like a bath together. You know, it's quite common for like siblings to bathe together. And I remember like, you know, we were fucking kids. Like, like, like we were, I don't know, like we, 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 like we were just kids in a bathtub. Like, you know, like playing and like splashing. And like, we probably had toys in there. And one time, I guess we just ended up splashing too much water on the floor. I don't know. This monster of a mother comes in. I remember she like, because she did tell us beforehand, like, hey, just make sure you don't, you don't like, like, don't get water on the floor, guys, you know. But again, like, like, we're kids in a bathtub playing and like we have our toys in there like of course we're gonna get fucking water on the on the on the floor you imbecile like what do you think you know like so she comes in she sees the water on the floor she like gasps which i'm convinced that she's i'm convinced she's like a narcissist always wanted to be like an actress always wanted to be maybe she like because she used to watch like all those soap operas and she's and like I picked up on like her she used to mimic a lot of the the actors with how she would like exaggerate her her behaviors. I picked up on it early on. And I remember there was a few times that I would even tell her I, um when she she would call my dad sometimes and she would make herself cry like on cue. It was it was the strangest thing that that I would see. And then as soon as she would hang up the tears would dry and then she'd be like a completely different person so i knew early on something was wrong with her but anyways going back to the whole bath water on the floor incident so she comes in sees the water on the floor makes this stupid gasp like kind of like rolls her eyes back like an annoyance and then she leaves and so we were kind of in the bathtub like um okay that was weird the bitch comes back with a belt and then just starts whipping us all. And mind you, you know, like we're naked, like we're all like, you know, because like, we're bathing. And she starts fucking whipping us like on every fucking part of the body. She t- she grabs us like basically by our arms, drags us out of the bathtub. So we're like naked and cold as she's fucking whipping us. And then she tells us to like lick. She then tells us to lick the floor like this is how fucking sick she was um i remember her saying like lick it up like like i yeah she was just she was a horrible fucking person like let alone mother but just person in general and then um she said i remember her telling us like well, you guys can't get out of the fucking bathroom until you guys lick up, like, like until the floor is completely fucking dry. And then she left us in there. And then she came back with maybe like t- 10, 15 minutes later. And then she saw that it was still wet and that we weren't licking the fucking floor. Although I remember, and this breaks my heart to this day, I remember seeing my younger brother do it. 
my older brother and I, we didn't do it. Like, we were like, this bitch is fucking crazy. We're not doing that. That's fucking insane. But we were all crying and we were scared. But my younger brother did it. Um, he didn't lick up the entire floor, but we saw him, like, lick it occasionally, which um, it's still to this day. Like, it, like that really fucks with me a little bit. And so she comes back and she's like, oh, you guys aren't going to lick it? Like, you guys aren't going to fucking clean it? And then she starts, like, whipping us again over like each and every one of us and then i managed to because again there was three boys myself included so while she was like basically just beating the shit out of us with with the belt like we you know like we're naked or wet or cold um i happened i was able to run out of the bathroom and i remember running to the dining or the kitchen and i was under the dining table i was basically trying to hide and i could hear my other two brothers like screaming and I remember um, I kind of like I left the table and I, I was looking down the hallway and I saw her like basically just like over and over, like repeatedly, like whipping my older brother, like just everywhere. Like, I mean, like legs, back, stomach, um, obviously the buttocks, like just every arms everywhere. That was like one of the worst days of my life as a child. And I don't know how. And that memory always stayed with me. And I think the reason why it stayed with me and I never suppressed it is because my older brothers, or excuse me, my older brother and my younger brother also have that memory. Because as adults, we used to talk about it. And we used to tell our grandma. And our grandma would get so infuriated and she would call my mom a perra, which is basically a bitch, which is true. And then my mom would like just, you know, when we would throw it in her face and rightfully so, because it's not like she's going to try and do it to us now as adults, like she'd fucking be annihilated, you know, if she ever tried that to any one of us, let alone all three of us. Um, but um, yeah, that was a true story that really happened. That was one of many physical abuses that she would, you know, put us through. And then eventually, my youngest brother, uh, my mom signed over the rights as being the legal guardian over to my grandma. So then he moved with my grandma, so then it would be just my brother and I, my older brother and I. And then he, my, my older brother, ended up going to move with my dad. So then it was just me with this fucking disgusting monster and this is very ugly very very like and the complicated thing about all of this was that my mom when she was younger was she was extremely beautiful like i remember when we would go to the grocery store or we would go to a store or anywhere people would always compliment my mom um, mostly women but i would notice that Basically, every man would always look at my mom. And the women would always say, like, gosh, like, your body's so gorgeous. Like, how do you keep that figure? Like, so the weird thing is that here was my mom, like, extremely beautiful. Like, I remember I, rem I remember my teachers would tell me, like, your mom is beautiful. But behind that facade, she was fucking psychotic. Like, a devil very demonic very ugly very disgusting but then of course they never saw that part 
So that was very strange for me to try and make sense of. Like, here I have a beautiful mom, yet she's fucking disgusting and, and ugly in terms of how she treats us. Um, so thankfully, we didn't live in the apartment very long when after my brother went to go live with my dad. And it was just me living there with my mom. We were probably only there in the apartment for like, a f- I don't know, a few months to six months. And then we ended up just going back and living with my grandma. But I have to tell you, like that time, that period in time was so traumatic for me. And it really impacted in a negative way how I would develop and nurture uh, friendships. Because I kind of thought that I had to manipulate friends early on to make sure that they wouldn't turn on me or that they wouldn't hurt me in the same way that my mom did. Um, and that's when I had to become like hyper-intuitive and really read people and, and really observe people so that I could determine whether or not I was safe around them, whether or not I can be myself around certain people, whether like I was basically living in like this very hyper... And I was basically living in fear. And, and like I, when I would go visit my dad, and, and, and more on that, <laughs> more on that situation, um, I felt like I had to be a different kid, basically, compared to when I would. And I remember like after coming home, from like visiting my dad for the weekend, I would get so fucking depressed. Like I remember. I would be just on the dining room table and then my stupid ass mom would be like, you always come back with an attitude. And it's like, well, yeah, bitch, like I have to fucking deal with your stupid ass. Of course, I'm going to come back depressed and mad. Like, I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to see your uh, like your ugly face. Like, I don't want to be around you. Like, you're a fucking mean person. And on top of that, you're supposed to be my mom. Like, I don't want to be here. And if it's not you, it's my stupid aunt that's like, you know, like, yelling or like fighting with someone uh, or you know you guys are picking on my uncle he was alive then um not my oldest uncle but my grandma's second child he unfortunately passed in his sleep in 2011 at the age of 29 he went into cardiac arrest when a very incompetent very um hmm careless and reckless nurse and doctor for some reason decided to give him double the methadone dosage that one night so he did die in his sleep due to cardiac arrest um i think the only thing that gives me any because the thing about mourning someone is the pain never subsides it only intensifies but you learn to live with it and the pain gets deeper with more time but i think the only thing that 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 helps me cope with it is i know he's no longer suffering i know he has a clean pure beautiful body and 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 the form of you know the most beautiful light i know he's back to the source um, which is all loving, all powerful. Everyone is safe there. Everyone is loved there. Um, everyone is clean and pure. And he is no longer suffering. He doesn't have to ever know what it's like 
to feel an appetite, to feel thirsty, to fight the urge, to, to be mistreated, disrespected. Um, he never has to go through that again. And so I think that that's what makes me feel um, a bit... Uh, a bit at ease about it and uh, but I grew closer to him towards towards the end of his life as as I was you know coming of age like I grew closer to my uncle in my late teens early 20s because I was 22 when he died I was in my last semester it was this was in October um, I was in school I remember very vividly um, my twin size bed was basically by the double hung windows that were in my dorm room i remember getting a call and i remember it was i want to say like two something in the morning and before i answered it because i because it was from my mom so the caller id said mom and the strange thing is that she had called me so many times before then trunk at all hours of of the night and the, and into the early morning so you know but before i answered it i knew she was going to tell me that someone died it was so weird it was the weirdest thing ever i knew that it wasn't a drunk call from her now what i didn't expect was her telling me who because at the time my younger brother again it was making very bad choices was was hanging around with very bad people during that time and was just living a very reckless, careless life. So I thought that something terrible happened to him. I like I was expecting that. That that's what I thought. And no, when she said my uncle, I just remember like I didn't even know that he was in rehab at the time. I didn't even know he was getting treatment. You know, for I didn't know any of this. Any of this. Um, so yeah, that was. Uh, the story on my uncle who I grew up with as like an older brother because again we were only seven years apart I was 22 um, he was 29 when he died so um, yeah I, it was uh, it was a tough time and I think what hurt hurt me a lot during that time was before I had even and gotten accepted into Our Lady of the Lake University, which is the school that I went to when I had applied and I was still a senior in high school. I remember he he had told me, he was like, you're going to get into it. And not only are you going to get into it, you're going to graduate. He's like, don't even worry about it. Like, you like you got it. Like, why, why are you even afraid? Because I remember I was super nervous. And after I had applied, I had... Uh, driven down and I had went to go visit my grandma so I drove from San Antonio to Robstown, Texas and I was staying with my grandma mind you I was still in high school but I was staying with my grandma for the uh, Christmas holiday and then I remember it was on Christmas Eve that my dad called me and I was in my aunt's apartment at the time I was like by her laundry room and he was like hey we got this letter from Our Lady of the Lake University do you want me to open it or do you want to, you, you, you know, like, do you want, do you want to wait until you come back? And so I told him, I was like, no, it's fine. Like, go ahead and open it. So then he opens it and he's reading it to me. 
and then he starts crying um and it just said that i got accepted and you know so that was like one of the best like christmas christmases ever and then my uncle told me he was like see i told you you were gonna get it and this was just like a week later after him telling me like dude don't even be nervous because he he was always like wor worried for me he he would always tell me like i'm very concerned about you you're always stressed like i see you working really hard like you're always studying um and he would tell me like you need to take a break like you're gonna go crazy like you need to like go out and like he was like you need to have a girlfriend i think he always knew um about me you know and 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 in that sense i think he always knew but i think he um one he never judged me on it he never called me faggot or or any of that stuff my mom did she called me that plenty of fucking times um and so did my aunt um i don't think my grandma ever did but i don't know because my grandma too like early on she was verbally abusive not not really physically but verbally for sure um but i think he always knew uh he never asked me it was never brought up and again it's like i never felt judged but he would just w worry a lot about me because he would see me hyper focus on things and i don't know he um he it's like it's it's like he knew it's like he knew that life was going to be really challenging and we we used to talk about music we used to talk about tupac we used to talk about conspiracies we used to play monopoly like it would be um uh, my uncle who again was like my my oldest brother and then it would be my, my older brother uh sometimes when my cousins would come over and visit we would all be around like the monopoly board and he would tell us like he would say like because we used to always try and and buy boardwalk um for some reason like we were always trying to buy like you know the most expensive property and he would say like you're never gonna win doing that he was like the the whole idea of monopoly is getting everything you can possibly get as fast as you can get so he was teaching us like without us even realizing he was teaching us basically how to navigate through the world how the world really was um he was a very smart person um yeah you know he had substance abuse issues he um i used to see his report cards because he used to show me when he was in school all a's only a's a few b's i never once saw a c in any of his report cards never a c basically straight a's um but you know he that he got you know with the wrong crowd um base yeah basically just bad people and then the, the drugs took over and you know when you have a history of being abused and not really being brought up to have self-esteem to have char character you know to have um yeah i just think you know a lot of odds were stacked against him and um yeah it's uh it's 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 heartbreaking really um what happened to him and it goes to show like the importance of what happens when there's no dominating patriarch no dominating matriarch 
and it's just dysfunctional basically it, it i mean to put it frankly it was basically kids and adult bodies trying to maintain a uh a household i mean if that's that's the best way that I, that that i can put it it was just basically scared abused kids and adult bodies trying to maintain a household so there was constant arguings about finances because no one ever had money um and the money that they did have they would put it towards their drug habits which you know would make even paying bills and food more more difficult so it was um it was not at all um but there were good times too i like but it seems to be like a lot of the good memories i have usually for some reason center around like winter spring i mean excuse me winter and fall like i have a lot of good memories of like during that time you know like cozy memories um when my uncle was still alive too so i really like those times and sometimes you know like again it wasn't all bad but um most of the times it was a lot of the times it was really bad and then i lived with my gram with my mom and my grandma basically until i was 12 going on 13 and then my older brother and i uh kind of switched positions so then he uh moved down from my dad's to with my mom and my grandma and then i moved up to my dad's and it sucked how it all came about because we were supposed to both live with with my dad been more on that on another story because my stepmom was another very ugly person um she was very jealous of my mom i think it was because i think she was jealous of my mom's beauty but it it was weird because it it was like my mom was everything that Marie wanted to look like. And yet Marie was everything that my mom wanted. You know, like she wanted to be a wife. She wanted to have that respect. She wanted to have that title. But it's like no one's going to give you that title because you're a fucking psycho. Like you're fucking insane. And no one is that good looking that, that people are going to tolerate someone like that. Very abusive, very narcissistic, very just psychopathic very very like no um but i mean yeah like not to compare apples to apples but marie can't even hold compared to my mom no marie marie never had a beautiful face she never had a beautiful body she never she but what she did have was and what she did give my dad was stability um financial stability you know she she kind of helped my dad with that um my dad also grew up pretty poor and so i think a lot of his like ambition in life has been just trying to never relive the traumas of his childhood but centered around like finances 
I guess. Um, so for him, it was very important to always have money. And, um, you know, my stepmom was a loyal partner in that she always worked. She always held a job. She wasn't, she, you know, she was someone dependable, someone reliable. And I think he obviously didn't want to compromise that in any sense of the of the word. So, um, but again, she was very jealous of my mom and she would like oftentimes talk bad about my mom in front of my brother and I. And of course, my brother and I were kids at the time, so we couldn't really defend or say anything but it would hurt us because it's like even though we knew it by then that our mom was fucking psycho and that everything marie excuse me everything um my stepmom was saying was true um it still hurt us because again it's like in our eyes she was still our mom um but yeah so that was and this is gonna have to be a part two maybe even a series because i'm realizing we're almost at an hour so if you guys stuck through this long um obviously this just scratches the surface but i think by now maybe i i gave you guys an idea of my early childhood it seems to be that i gave you mostly um descriptions of of you know the people in my early life I didn't really go into what I did as a kid. Um, but that will probably be in the second part to this. That I'll talk more about what I did as a kid. Uh, and, you know, just things like that. But, um, yeah, so to kind of tie it all in, I was born in Corpus Christi, raised in Robstown, Texas from the years of basically an infant to about 12 or 13. And then after that, I went to go live with my dad from the years of either 12 or 13 all the way uh, to 18. And then I went to school, lived there on campus. And then after that is when I started living occasionally at my grandma's, occasionally in San Antonio. And up until I started coming out here to California, and that's where I currently am right now. Um, for the time being, anyways. But again, I really want to thank everyone who is listening to this, who listened to the entire um, episode. I know it was very, well, quite long. And there would be a series to this for sure. And a lot of this will be in the book that I'm writing. But... Um, I just hope everyone's doing well and just know that I'm also doing well despite some of the horrific stories that I shared with you all and I'm sure I'll share even more horrific um, experiences with you all but just know at the end of the day I am doing well and all those experiences although very hurtful and impactful I've chosen to again remain optimistic in life and remember that it's not about what happens to you. It's, it, it's about how you handle it and, and react to it is, is what matters. So again, I wish you all the best. Um, thanks again for checking in, for listening. And I hope 
I wish the best for you and your family. Take care of yourself. Make time for yourself. And I'm looking forward to recording the next episode for you guys to listen to, which will be before five months. <laughs>